Welcome to Faith, Reason, and Geekdom. I'm Roger. And I'm Dusty. My brothers and sisters in Christ join us every Thursday as we work out these three perspectives in our everyday lives. Obi Juan Kenobi, as my my <laughs> relatives my relatives would say, like, hey, did you say Obi Juan? Obi Juan Kenobi. Like, no, it's Obi Wan. Oh, wow, 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 wow. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for joining us for another episode, Faith, Reason, and Geekdom. Oh man, we're gonna have so much fun today. Up next, we're gonna be talking Obi Wan Kenobi, just the first three episodes, because we're gonna do like a retrospect of the whole season once it's done. Maybe even get uh, Jason Nunez. What do you think about that, Dusty? Wow, that would be cool. Geeking out on that. He's a big Star Wars fan, huge. So I can imagine us doing a look back on the whole season, but just for right now, it's gonna be one, two, and three. The first half of the season. It's a six-season episode, so don't worry. Um, if you guys seen more or less, don't worry. Spoiler alerts a little bit, but I think a lot of people have seen this, especially when this comes out. And we're also going to talk a little NBA. What do you think about that, Dusty? I know oh. you're a huge fan. I'm a huge fan of the NBA. One of my least favorite topics. One of the least. Oh no, no, no. As you guys will learn. You guys will slowly, quick, actually quickly learn that is not true at all. <laughs> so I'm excited to talk about the NBA. Very and much so. A very tragic topic recently had happened, and it got us thinking about violence against Christians in our world in the modern time. Deep subject. We're going to get into that. But first, Dusty, what do you want to do? You want to talk Obi-Wan? Because I've been dying to talk about this. You know, um, Obi-Wan has officially in my book already surpassed the prequels in the star Wars universe as excellent content for me. Now, obviously in the prequels, they were not very well received by the general audiences that were, you know, they didn't like the blue screen stuff. They got, they they certainly didn't like Jar Jar. (laughs) (laughs) There's a lot of things that didn't, that didn't fly for us. You know, who, who saw star Wars like me as a kid, I saw star Wars at the movie theater at least five or six times at wow. the movie theater. You know, there was no home video back then. So um, we're purists, I would call ourselves purists. Yeah. As a purist, a Star Wars purist, who um, is a big fan of the universe of Star Wars, of which there are thousands and thousands of characters, these guys have picked very carefully which characters uh, would fit into this story that would make sense in the timeline and they're very quickly off to a, the, a running start. I thought that, you know, you and I have talked about this off camera or off off uh, off camera, off off the podcast, <laughs> which yet, is not yet, not yet, exactly. Which is you when you screen write, you want to grab the audience in the first twenty pages. Yes. You want to grab them by the throat, throw them up against the wall, and get their attention. I thought they did that. They did a pretty good job of that in the first couple of episodes. But episode number three, which we just watched, which just dropped, uh, was fantastic. Uh, Very, very quickly. It made so many things, like, come together for me. The the first of which on that list is Carrie, uh, or not Carrie Fisher, because obviously Carrie Fisher's incarnation of Princess Leia is unforgettable. Uh, and will live on timelessly. But this little girl, as, as as Princess Leia, she calls out for Obi-Wan's help, right? Which yes. which ties in to the original uh, opening of Star Wars. The Obi-Wan, Sarah McGinnis character. Yeah. And that's it, yeah, because she was like, I could be mistaken, but doesn't she say something like, you helped my father a while ago. So I'm thinking she maybe doesn't fully remember that's him, but she did mention in the original, the, the Star Wars New Hope, that again, as a purist, I know, and I say New Hope, you're probably like all the purists, a thousand voices scream out in horror <laughs> as a star fan. Like, it's not called the New Hope. Anyway, but remember, she says something like, you helped my father years ago. Yes. I think this is it. Because remember, this takes place 10 years after Order 66. That's when right. When they had that, when they hunted the Jedi and still currently are hunting the Jedi. So yeah, it did bring a lot of stuff back. So I kind of want to get like your initial thoughts and reactions of the first two episodes and then we'll get into the third one but just the first two for now 
just the episode one and two, what were your initial thoughts, reactions, and then we'll go into dislikes. Well, we talked on a previous podcast as well about some of the comic book universes, Star mm-hmm. Wars, Disney Plus, yeah. and how everything that happens in on those platforms. There's so much. The the game right now is is all about streaming. Yeah, uh, it's no longer network television. It may not even be for a while about going to the movies because you're getting your content. And you're getting some really good golden age of television content on your streamer, your favorite streamer, which is you know Netflix or Apple TV or Disney Plus or whatever. And these guys are the big names, but Disney in particular has a very unique way of approaching things. Uh, they they almost have like a a playbook that they do things by. This is obviously a $4 billion franchise they paid for at the time. Probably yeah. worth a lot more now. Oh, um, yeah. The Star Wars franchise. And they're, and they're milking it. Boy, they're making money with it left <laughs> and right, right? And they've certainly elevated that to the top of the game as far as the cards they play out to make money. Not only on streaming, but in, in person when you go to the theme parks, etc. I thought that the tone of the first episode was a little bit slow. But they were doing what we call in in producing and, and script script writing. They were laying the pipe. Mm. They were very carefully laying the pipe and trying to get somewhere uh, which we didn't understand yet. It was a secret, tightly held secret, and I'm surprised they were able to keep it tightly held as they were developing and shooting the series that uh, Princess Leia was going to be in it. I didn't know. I was kind of. I was like, "What? She's in? Yeah, you're right." So. I that surprised me. I just I kept kicking. The, <laughs> you know, I mean, you are, you already know because this is a prequel. What's going to happen, right? But I kept just I was so exhausted, kind of tired of cheering on that that Obi Wan Kenobi would would kick in, like we they would finally just give in and yeah. start helping. And and then you think about okay, well, who who is important enough for him to leave Luke, because he's watching yeah. Luke, he's watching over him, right? And the only person who he would leave Luke for would be Princess Leia. So I thought they did a really good job of laying the pipe, of setting up. I'm excited about the roller coaster ride that we're about to go on. Yeah, They also did a really nice job of taking some of the old sequences from those prequels that you know George Lucas was intimately involved with and creating and so forth, and working them into this storyline. I also love, love, love the casting so far yes. and the way they're bringing in some of these older characters, you know, like a Liam Neeson, you're not going to get, you can't afford yeah. him or, you know, he's well, too busy. I think you, I don't know, man. You I've been think? hearing rumors. Oh, I've been hearing rumors. So far all we've heard is clips. Yes. Right. But I've been hearing rumors and you talk about the cast. You have Moses Ingram playing, uh, playing the third sister. You had Rupert friend playing the grand inquisitor, which I loved by the way. Yes. I, oh, it's a shame. What I, and then you have Joe Edgerton playing Owen Lars coming back, revising his role. A huge star. After that, he wasn't that big. But then you had Warrior. You had all these shows. You had The Thing. These movies, these different stuff. He's been in there. The Gift. Great actor. Love that they got him. Of course, Ewan McGregor is killing it. He's just absolutely yeah. giving a performance. A great performance. And then you have the fifth brother played by Fast and Furious alumni, uh, Sung Kang. So he's in, I was like, wait a minute, that guy looks familiar. I was like, why does he look familiar? <laughs> and I was like, oh, he's in Fam Family. He's all about the family. He's in the Fast and Furious franchise. I think yeah. it's like, what, 20? Fast and Furious 20, something like that. Back to the Future or in space or underwater. And you have uh, <laughs> one of the cameos, speaking of episode two, uh, Kumani Najari, I can't say his name, the the comedian that comes out that plays the fake Oh, yes. Jedi. Yes, he was the like, Indian the Jedi. Yes. yes guy. Yeah, I yeah. love him. Very, very good. And, you know, he's an example of somebody who's just worked really hard at his craft. He and his wife, I think, did an independent film at some point that really got him a lot of attention. And now he's showing up in these big projects. It's a great example of hard work. I love when I see stories like that play out. And, and of course, I, we would be remiss if we didn't mention... Uh, my favorite cast member so far, which is Moses Ingram. She oh, plays the Inquisitor the Reva. Sister. Yes, third and sister. I'm going to be very curious to find out what they do with her story arc. She's so strong and she's so powerful and she's so intimidating. But is there a twist coming with mm. her? You, you know, know what? I, 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 this is not uh, like a, a, a fake thing for the show. 
I actually disagree with that. I don't okay. like her. You don't. Right? I don't like. I, you don't like her. You, like you don't like her acting. Or no, you don't like I don't her, like her character. Oh, her character. Her, of course, you're not character, supposed to like her character. True, but you know, like those villains that you love to hate, like the okay. Joker. Oh my god, Joaquin Phoenix. Yes, I was like scared. Okay, he made me so anxious. I was like, give me a cigarette. <laughs> I need, I need antidepressants while I'm watching the movie The Joker because Joaquin, he's evil, he's crazy, but I loved it. Darth Vader. Yes. <sighs> I loved it. He's these characters you love to hate, but her, I just found her a one note, one direction. You thought you thought she like, was too simple, yeah, not complicated yes, enough, right? Because yes. she's so strong, and it's that's what makes me wonder if something's coming because you don't take that much care in writing everything else out unless you're maybe going to pull a fast one. I don't know. Listen, I may be wrong. I may be completely wrong. And of course, as we just talked about, these scripts are highly, highly secretive and you don't want to give away too much. But you don't cast an actress like of this that caliber of this caliber. And, and by the way, you know, she really has not done too much in her career. Uh, not in the whole scheme of things. Independent um, she, circuit, maybe. Well, she did. She did an independent film called Candace, which was like a short in 2005. What was it? 2018. Mm. But then the next time we saw her, a couple of years later, she was on The Queen's Gambit on on Netflix. I've heard that's remember. good. I've not seen that. Show. Okay, it's a TV series. She plays a character named Jolene in that. And then she did. Uh, you want to talk about acting chops? She did the tragedy of Macbeth. Mm, with Denzel? With Denzel. Oh, man, right? wow. So she played Lady Macduff, oh. which, you know, now you're starting to see. And then she also did a film called Ambulance right after that. And now we're Ooh, seeing her I, in this. Mm, I did see that movie. It wasn't okay. I just saw it last night. Oh, oh you did? I How weird is that? I just saw it last night. You're talking about with uh, um, Jake Gyllenhaal, right? Yes. Michael Jake. Bay, which yes. I'm, a, I'm a fan of Michael Bay. A lot of people don't like him. But before we get wrapped up, we could talk about this hour. Let me bring it back to her. You know what? Now that you said that, it intrigues me because I'm gonna be I'm gonna be honest. I'm not the only one who's thought that. Like a lot of people are like, we just there's we just don't like her character. It's like one note. It's it's right. not complex. She just I'm villain. I'm bad. Yeah. I think also she doesn't look cool. And like she, the Grand Inquisitor. Yeah. Darth Vader. Very, like they very look Grand different. Moth talking, all these like uh Admiral Thrawn, like they look cool. And I think if she had a mask like Kylo Ren, maybe, but but she, she's still for me one dimensional. So okay. I uh you know the other the other thing we have to be aware of there, and this is something that was very important to me in when I was in Hollywood working for agencies and everything else, and I tried really, really hard at one point to start an agency that would represent characters, uh, or not characters, actors, people of color, people of color. Now, Disney, great job. They're doing an awesome job of, of inclusion, right? Uh, featuring people of color, minorities, um, people who have handicaps, et cetera, in some of their projects. So are we saying that we're going to take this great acting talent and give her this one note yeah. thing? I will be very disappointed if that's the way it turns out. But we may be getting set up. For a plot twist. Hopefully. When it happens, you will remember our podcast. Yeah. Then may have like you or Dusty was right. But yeah. So I, I do want to touch on real quick. Um, homeless clone trooper. You had homeless Boba Fett. <laughs> like Will Hunt for money. Just like on the corner. Yeah. Just there. Dude, that was a cool cameo. The cameo. Did you see C-3PO at the party? Where oh, they bathe Organa? Oh, yes. Yeah. The right. little Where they go Very there, the party. Very briefly. Uh, you know what this show gives me unforgiven vibes because not only is it in the desert and then you see, you constantly see him with the saber hanging on his side when he unbuckles the, the pistol all the time. It's like a Western, but also it's like unforgiven where Clint Eastwood character is like reluctant. Like he's seen all this battle and he's reluctant to go down this road of violence. Wow. And to me, it gives me that kind of vibe. Uh, one thing I am kind of, maybe the, I don't think this is why. Cause I, 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 again, maybe I could be surprised by the third sister, the character, but you know what thing bothered not just me, but a lot of the, the hardcore fans is Grand Moth Tarkin, uh, Grand Admiral Thawne. Yeah. They were only some of the few people that knew that Anakin Skywalker was Vader. And she knows that Anakin's Vader. That's like in the whole yeah. mythos. 
remember not that many people not know that many people who, know him, right but like this but she's had contact with him she i know knows. but it's like she's just like a low-level inquisitor she's not no. even that that's what i don't know but she's in a power mood play right like she keeps a yeah. power power mode like she's trying to get power more and more power and she is and pushing even some of her brothers or whatever in that whole inquisitor yeah. system so well, but you know it's funny that. all of that all of that like the other thing that i'm present to is as, even as i was mentioning being a purist a star wars purist we're talking about something that literally uh, May 25th of this, you know, last month was the 45th anniversary, 45 years of this story, of these story arcs and these story characters and yeah. so forth. And yet it's kind of seamless. Like it's they're doing a really good job of keeping it current and keeping it fresh. And we're seeing these characters um, through the magic of movie making just be alive and that's awesome that's really a lot of fun and 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 the other thing that i love about it not only the inclusion that disney does but the fact that we can all sit down together as a family and we talked about that at one podcast and turn on and not have any surprises we're going to see good quality content without a lot of you know surprises worldly surprises as a catholic uh, christian man that's important to me and for my family so far, we'll see. Hopefully, so hopefully you remember. Even though uh, it is quite violent, right? Yeah, definitely. But man, the the Vader scene in Episode Three when Vader <laughs> and Obi Wan showed that, and again, he's not top form. I see there's going to be like you know montage of him working out and Obi Wan's lifting weights and he's doing crunches. You're going to see a montage with his eight pack and he's going to be pushing up and then he's going to be the Obi-Wan we know from Phantom Menace but right now he's not right now it was very very Star Wars old school lightsaber words a few little like you know what I mean the first Star Wars like lightsaber I am the man you (laughs) created yeah that was a good line wow and that was uh, the real voice Earl that was Earl himself yeah James Earl Jones man what a blessing that is and you know they can do it all computerized now I mean I was just reading that uh they were able to do Val Kilmer's voice for the new oh, uh, Top Gun for the new Top Gun movie. Yeah. If you've watched, if you haven't watched it, I highly, highly recommend um, the Val Kilmer documentary I've that's out it. there. It's good and what a great uh, picture! This little sort of vignette yeah. uh, of what Val who Val Kilmer was, who he is now, and the, the spiritual journey that he's yeah. on. So the fact that we're able to bring him back for that, you yeah. want to talk about, that's a geek out topic, yeah. right? I'll when be I, your Huckleberry. That's like, I'll, I'll be your Huckleberry. Yeah. yeah. But you know, his voice is basically shot now today yeah. in today in his, in his personal mm-hmm. life. And they were able to do that. So, you know, what happens when James Earl Jones passes at some point, like we all will, mm. will, will we see a computerized version of his voice? Maybe, Maybe. but for right now we're enjoying it. Cause yes. we, this is him. He is a real deal, yeah. man. He had to have been amped was, for that. Was, 45 years ago, yeah. they asked him, Hey, will you do this voice? And here we are 45 years later. Remember Rogue One scene when it's dark, the pe- the fear on the the troopers' faces. All of a sudden, a red lightsaber. You hear the voice, and they were running <laughs> this room. Yes, that was a good one. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. You should uh, be like, what are they? If they need, like, we need somebody to make the voice of a lightsaber. They should get you definitely. <laughs> but when the fear of Obi Wan again, the acting of Ewan McGregor, his fear when he's walking and he can feel. Yeah. And then all of a sudden he's force choking people, like dragging yeah. them. What did you think about that scene? Like it was like a shark, like hunting his prey. Yeah. The only thing I didn't like that I couldn't really make a lot of sense of was he's dragging him through the fire. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you when go. he's got him in the in the chokehold, let's call it. Mm-hmm. And 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 Obi Wan's not really burning too much. I thought, yeah, hmm, should we have gone that far? Maybe What's Jedi's are are naturally fireproof. Force <laughs> Maybe or I didn't like that that <laughs> part of it. But everything else, you're right. That's a very good analogy, actually. The shark and Jaws. Yeah. You know, you, you kind of feel the 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 pressure, the tension of this monster coming. And it was a little reminiscent to me of uh, Kylo Ren, you know, yeah. the, the way that, that we saw that uh-huh. play out as well. But, you know, it, this is a, a, a really nice way. In our family, the kids have not seen the prequels. So mm. they're watching this and they're like, and we're all, you know, the adults are like getting excited yeah. and saying this, that, and the other. And they're like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Uh, so that's Darth Vader? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, it, it's still, it still all lives out. And it's, um, 
It's a very, very valid, yeah. um, very well-crafted story Definitely. so far. They're very careful with the characters mm-hmm. and the storylines and the arcs of the characters yeah. and where they are in the timeline. And so I'm, oh. I'm enjoying it so far. I, it's a lot of fun. What are some dislikes about the show? Just anything off top of the head? You're just like, oh, I just kind of didn't like this part. And what do you, what do you think that, where do you think they're going to go? Well, I think I mentioned, you know, I thought it, 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 even though they were laying the pipe that, that it was a little frustrating at the very first episode or even the two to really get things kicked off and going. That's my only dislike, honestly. Mm, everything burning. else is fantastic. I mean, they're just doing such a great job with everything. Yeah. Uh, also important to note. Once again, Disney things that are that are uh, I would like to see ubiquitous across the world of entertainment. We have female director who's doing this, and I believe female writers. Yeah, I mean, we need more of that, guys. Come on, if you're paying mm-hmm. attention out there, root for that. Support projects like this so that we do see more new episodes and yeah. new movies like that. Yeah. Well, um, again, I did love the castle, the Vader castle. Amusafar is like these. Oh, you see that in the legend books, not canon, but that's where it started. Is like he lives in this castle, and for them to bring stuff from the legend books into canon and see that castle, and oh, that was so beautiful. Uh, my dislike is kind of, I think the plot line's a little bit weak. It's kind of like here's Leia, uh, she got kidnapped, uh, save her. And, you know, again, let's see. It's only halfway. Again, we're only reviewing the first three episodes only. So this is just a three. We still got three more to go. But so far, I kind of find that a little bit weak. That's kind of my only dislike because I think this is more looks the wide shots. This looks more like a movie. And I want to say this. We're going to end it on this. Obi-Wan has a brother. And are we going to see Grogu like in a flashback at the temple like we saw in the beginning of the temple? Because remember, he's there. When Anakin's right. like slaying people and just yeah, that's right. getting away with all this horrible murdering all these people, like Grogu's, he's there. So are we gonna get a flashback? And then Obi, what's the deal with Obi Wan's brother? Like, oh, I don't know. I'm looking forward to seeing what that's gonna happen. But all right, that was our mini review of Obi Wan the series. What are we gonna get into now? Should we talk about the NBA? How about a little hoops? A little hoops, a little hoops man. Hoops. My least favorite hoops. topic. Your least fa- You just hate. It's like pulling teeth or going to the dentist with you. I'm like, hey, Dusty, let's talk basketball. And you're just like, can I get my wisdom tooth put out? Like, please, <laughs> please. I'm like, no, Dusty. Yeah, let's talk a little basketball. Well, I believe this is the sixth time in eight years that the Golden State Warriors made it to the finals. That's yeah, amazing. Yeah. Should we start ca- calling them officially a dynasty, or do we wait to see uh, what happens with this final series? I am absolutely happy because I told everybody at the beginning of the playoffs that this was going to be the matchup that we were going to get. Why? Because both of these teams are um, very, very good at playing defense, and they're very, very good at making shots on demand, as I say. Uh, and, and Boston has been taking some really, really difficult shots that, that are still going. But you see also a very, very good matchup on the coaching side. You know, when you get to this type of level in the playoffs, it's all about adjustments from one game to the next. And just when you think, oh, this team has shown up, they're going to sweep. No, there's adjustments. But one of the storylines that we have to talk about that I think is really interesting from, from our podcast perspective is that you have Seth Curry, who is obviously an MVP of this league, probably arguably the best shooter the NBA has ever seen. Uh, you would be hard-pressed to find another one who is this good and who's led his yeah. team to the finals this many times. And this is a guy who, when in 2015, um, it caught my attention because when he was up there at the podium at that time, you know, he was very proudly wearing his faith. And he's talked about on, on di- in different interviews, on different podcasts, different websites, um, you know, sort of off, I guess, off the mainstream media the importance that he has had, his faith has had in his life. Um, he grew up in North Carolina, apparently went to church with his parents. You know, you got to imagine that the pressure you feel being the son of a, of a current NBA player, uh, Dell, who was a very good player himself, had to have also been pressureful for him. But his mom, who was a Division One. Uh, volleyball player okay herself she was also an athlete apparently from what i understand she was the one who really 
pushed him to train hard to to become the best player that he could in especially in, in his father's absence because his dad was away on road trips a lot so you know all of a sudden growing up del curry's son you know trying very hard to push yourself he didn't even get the attention at his size from yeah. ACC basketball programs in the region like Duke, North Carolina, Maryland, Wake Forest. None of these guys were even aware of him. So he attended a little tiny school called Davidson College, uh, which is right outside of Charlotte. And he immediately began to showcase his skills. Yeah, he would score you know, 30-plus points in a game, and people started noticing him. He became a national star by his sophomore year when he carried the Wildcats – that team to a berth in the regional finals of the NCAA tournament. So that's when NBA scouts and everybody else. But in the meantime, he, he talks about having taken a walk to the altar, sitting in front of the cross and handing his life over to, to God. And now in the 2015 finals, I remember seeing a little wristband that said, I play for Jesus. And prior to that, you know, his coach, Mark Jackson, who's now a, yeah. te- a, tel- a telecaster or, or, you know, a broadcaster doing television broadcasts of the games. He's a very Christian guy, too. Yes. And they were in that same locker room together. And there's stories about how the Holy Spirit ran through mm-hmm. the Warriors locker yeah, room. I so there's a part of me yeah. that cheers for them, you know, that, that absolutely yeah. a- admires that part of it. Um, basketball. one of the things that I love about the sport is that it is a very mental sport. Yeah, definitely. You know, and you know, football, yeah, okay, you can say the same thing, but you're pretty much running set plays and everybody's got to be on the same page. Basketball's a sport, you got five on five, you can break out, you can do your own thing. You could, at any point of the game, anybody can take over a game, right? Even though you are running. You got to read the defense, you got to read your... Your players, you got to get open for the ball. You, so, many many yes, so many adjustments. Yes, adjustments. And baseball, same thing. To me, baseball, I played all three sports. Uh, and I played them, you know, through high school. But for me, basketball is the definitely the most mental. Yes. Uh, and I, I, I like, I, I'm encouraged when I see an athlete like Steph who put his faith in God. And who, you know, when you look at him now... I don't know if he's the, still the same guy now. I mean, you know, you're talking about a potential dynasty now. And he, whether we like it or not, he changed the game of basketball. Yeah. And I don't like it. Yeah, I don't. As a Spurs fan, I was like, yeah, I don't <laughs> like it exactly. You know, all but those I get... <laughs> chucking up threes, chucking up threes. Oh, but there's also a lot of defense yeah. and a lot of, like I said, really good coaching going on. But, you know, it also brings us to the topic, Raj, about how celebrity – like celebrities who wear Christ on their chest or who live their faith. Or when you find out, for example, you know, who are some of the Catholic celebrities out there? And, and I know we would love to probably do a show about it at some point, but when I look at Catholic celebrities and you can literally go on IMDB, the internet movie database, or or, yeah, just Google, like who are the Catholic celebrities and you can get a huge list and (laughs) right at the top of the list, for me right now, just because I watched uh, Father Stu last night, oh, yeah, yeah. well, finally, uh, if you haven't seen Father Stu, very good Stu uh, yes, very movie good. for Catholics to watch. Uh-huh. Uh, really, really enjoyed it. And you have two of the top Catholics, I yeah. believe, who are living their faith in Hollywood. Mark Wahlberg, which was surprising to me. Uh, because Mark was a guy who was very, very career-driven, very money-driven, and now all of a sudden, you were the one who told me that he's yeah. like focused on wanting to make more faith. Yeah, he films. had said that that he wanted to focus on doing that as a purpose because he's like, yeah, I made all these movies, and he starts to do that where he's like, no, what can I do for Jesus? What can I do for Christ? And he has said himself that he wanted to start. Not that he's quitting. Like I'm not gonna do Uncharted two with they're gonna back up a big one million, two million dollars. I refuse. No, he's not saying he's not doing any other geeky or comic book or action movies. Right. But he did say that he is going to focus and him and his companies or his agents or whatever more on faith based movies. Oh, that's good to know. That are not as cheesy okay. as some of the other pure flicks. And some of them are cheesy. I like them. Oh yeah, some, some of them, of them are yeah. Some of them it's very over cheesy. the head with yeah. the faith stuff. No, but Mark you gotta Wahlberg, work it in there. No, he's not he's not gonna do that. Okay, that's and then, good. Mel Gibson, definitely. And there you go, sure. number two on my list, Mel yeah. Gibson. I'm not, we're talking about living celebrities that live yes. their faith uh-huh. right now who are not only 
because it's so hard. You're you're in Hollywood, and there's a certain way that you have to act, mm. not only for your brand and how how you present yourself. You have to appeal to as many people as possible, and so forth. But these are two guys who laid it all out for their careers. And and some people may say, from a spiritual standpoint, for example, that Mel, once he did the Passion of the Christ, yeah, boy, the devil came after him. You yeah, know, I've heard and stories. his whole life just completely went in the dumps mm. after that. And such a powerful movie did so much for our faith, for Christianity in modern times that you got to look at that. Now he's he's obviously rebounding. Thank mm-hmm. goodness he's getting better. Um, and we saw him in Father Stew, yeah. and he did a great. He was cast for that role yeah. perfectly. Perf- yeah, right? I like the one line where his son. Mark Walbert, or Father Stu, he's yeah. walking there, he's like telling his dad, because they have a harsh relationship, right? They have a difficult, uh, Mel Gibson has a lot of problems, and he's walking away, he goes, I'll, pr- <coughs> excuse me, he goes, I'll pray for you. He's like, don't you dare. Yeah, That's I my, that. my right as an American, and you're in prayer. I, I love that line. I cr- he's like, don't I you dare pray up. for me. Like, yeah. I cracked up out loud when <laughs> I said that. I was the only one in the room laughing, but I didn't care. I, I got that, because some people actually yeah. do take it they that seriously. They get offended, they're like, how dare you? <sighs> and you know, God loves us so much. I wonder how he reacts when he yeah. says people in real life saying things like yeah. that. They actually take offense yeah. when well, you say, I'm going to pray for you. Because yeah. it's like if you don't believe in God, that's like if, if somebody said, hey, you know what? You know what, Roger? I'm going to ask Santa to bring you a very good present. I'm not going to – I, I want to believe them. I think it's funny, but I'm not going to get angry. You better not ask Santa. How, I don't want that fat guy coming in my home and eating my – no, I wouldn't – right? I wouldn't – if someone literally believed in Zeus, is like I'm gonna tell Zeus to to give you blessings. No, you're. I was like, dude, Zeus doesn't. You know, I'm not gonna get mad. I'm not gonna get angry. Like that's I don't. That's weird. And speaking of, uh, I, I before I forget, I wanted to bring up another guy that I'm surprised we didn't mention him, David. Five O. I was gonna say something else. Uh, David uh, Robinson. For, keep this PG. David freaking Robinson and his Christian <laughs> and faith. His, yeah, like he has a yeah. big. Christian faith, just as big as uh, his size, seven what seven one seven two. Yeah, David Robinson has that faith. Like and I could imagine it. Pop yeah. in the locker room as the Holy Spirit. It, everyone's getting slain by the Holy Spirit, and David Robinson's going down the lane, and he's like, "The Holy Spirit gets buckets. That's what the Holy Spirit does. He gets buckets, and the Holy Spirit dunks on people's faces. That's what the Holy Spirit can do for you. And David Robinson just dunking. Like I can imagine how it is, right? Like I've just pictured. He's like. I'm going to pray for you. And he just does a, a shimmy shake, fade away, like, man. Oh, my goodness. But, yeah, Spurs fans, I had to bring it up. I just couldn't. Like I was like, David Robinson, the big 5-0. But, yeah, man, Mel Gibson, uh, Father Stew, great movie. So you were George saying- Clooney, Nicole Kidman, Al Pacino, Leonardo DiCaprio, of course, their favorite director, yes. the last two, Leo Scorsese. and uh, Scorsese, Martin Scorsese. Kobe Bryant. Uh, you know, here's another one who kind of lives his faith. He doesn't really ever come out and do it, but when you look at his social causes and his social documentaries, Michael Moore, who's Oh, really? Wow. Yeah. I did not know that. Another guy who speaks out through his music, his song, and who does a great job of living, I believe, his faith, Bono. Well, I knew you were going to say it. I you know? knew you were going to say it. I think you said music. It's <laughs> like... So there's with a whole list of them. We're going to have to get into them. I mean, that's a, know, we should make a topic. We should, we're, we're going to. We're we are. To we are. We should do that. On celebrities and, and, like that. And when we do that topic, yeah. there's when. one person that we're going to have to talk about. It's one of my favorite stories. It's how I learned, honestly, about uh, St. Jude through mm. his story. And Give that's an tease. actor, an actor who was on television in the 1950s and 60s in oh, movies, okay. Danny Thomas. Oh, never mind. Uh, you want to hear that story. That is an incredible hmm. story. I will just tease you Danny with this. Thomas. Donnie Thomas, most people don't know, or many people don't know, is the founder of St. Jude Children's Hospital, which is wow. a world-known, worldwide-known children's hospital all over the world. I didn't Great, know that. huge guy. Let me tell you something. That's a God story right there. We're going to have to get into it some future podcast, which is a reminder to subscribe yes. to our podcast, by the way, while you're listening to us. Hit that subscribe button so you don't miss that out because that is one of my favorite stories in St. Jude, which is... I didn't is, hear that. Yeah, you'll, you'll love wow. that story. That's a very cool story. I did not know about that. I'm telling you, I like, and this is the first time me hearing that. I didn't know that. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, so again, Faith Reason and Geekdom podcast, uh, Stitcher, now on iHeartRadio. Yes, we're on iHeartRadio. Anywhere you can find us, Anchor. Please subscribe, share, rate, do all that. Now, we're going to close it out with our third topic of the day. 
And this recently happened, and it made me think, you know what? There's a lot of Christians that are getting persecuted and killed for their faith, and we we're just like, oh, all oh, that used to happen be, in yeah. biblical times. No, yeah, it's oh, still like, happening oh, today. Yeah, it's still happening today, and most recently in headlines, you probably didn't hear it because all of a sudden it's trending, and then Kim Kardashian buying a smoothie <laughs> like that beats it. That just yeah, all of a sad. sudden, which is sad, and it's the church in Nigeria being attacked. Wow, yeah. You know, I got to be honest. Pentecost there Sunday. was so much stuff going on for me with work and everything else. And, and I'm not in front of the news all the time. But you called me and you said, hey, we got to talk about this. And I said, what? What are you talking about? And and it's weird because this is Nigeria. Maybe the yeah. reports, uh, you don't know even what to believe. Because even mm-hmm. within hours of each other, you're seeing different numbers. But yeah. the sad reality is that somewhere around 50 people some say as low as 22, mm-hmm. were shot and killed yes. in front of family members while at church. A, a, what church was it, Roger? You mentioned it. It was uh, the... Niger- St. Francis Catholic Church. Mm-hmm. St. Francis Catholic Church in mm-hmm. Nigeria, yep. in this little town in Nigeria, where, I mean, uh, among the in northern 22 Nigeria. worshipers, let's just say, mm-hmm. take the low end, among the 22 worshipers that were killed Children. or confirmed so far dead, you got little babies, you mm. got little infants. Again, the same thing, innocence being killed. It's deeply saddening and horrific, you know, and I, I just don't even know where to begin with this. What do we do with all this violence? And there are pictures, by the way, you can go find them. There are pictures on Twitter, especially. Gruesome. Because again, like the other thing that you just said, we're not seeing a lot of coverage and, and nope. stuff on mainstream media. Why do you think that is? Well, I think there's a few different reasons. One, the devil is real. We do have an enemy, mm-hmm. and he hates us. He hates us with a passion. Mm-hmm. He gets up in the morning, or we get up in the morning, and as soon as we open our eyes, he's ready to pounce. But we should turn that against him. We yeah. should make him shiver when we woke up because we have power over them. We have but to be we the do. voice of the voiceless yeah. sometimes like this, right? I and mean, we're nobody, but we have yeah. a little platform At here. We're reaching something. a few people. Yes. And we should talk about this mm-hmm. because the Nigeria me- media are probably the only ones that are really yeah. reporting on this. You do have a few reports on Sky News and BBC mm-hmm. News and so forth. But, you know, and, and U.S. Uh, CNN, to be fair to them, CNN Online mm-hmm. is covering some stuff. Mm-hmm. But where is the outrage? Where is the really media coverage? Uh, I don't I don't I don't get it. Fifty churchgoers, yeah. you know, killed or slaughtered or injured in this on service. Pentecost Sunday again. On Pentecost, Pentecost Sunday. Yeah, on, and according to Archbishop uh, Matthew Nagaso, he has been saying that Boko Haram they're, they don't know officially if that, but Boko Haram and other terrorist groups like them have been exploding in northern Nigeria, and they've been having problems. And he quotes saying, "We have been going from one problem to the other without one being over before the other has begun." Quote, and that's from the Archbishop, and he's been talking about how there's these extremist groups, and it's not just the Muslim extremists; it's also corruption. It's also just peep robbers pirates people killing each other it's not it's a multiple issue problem and here's something that want to kind of hold in your mind kind of if you want to hold this in your mind this is from october 31st 2017 to november 1st 2018 so one year okay. so 245 million christians in the world has experienced high levels of persecution that should outrage people yeah. Here's another one. 4,136 Christians killed for their faith, faith-related reasons in world countries. Wow. 1,266 churches or Christians' buildings being attacked. Wow. One out of six Christians in Africa experience high levels of persecution. One out of three Christians in Asia experience high levels of persecution. What are your thoughts on that first? Well, before I keep going, what what are your thoughts? My my thoughts go to our Pope Francis, who has done a yeoman's job even in the silence that he's received really from media of talking about these sort of second class citizens in countries where there is so much suffering. He tries to call attention to all the forgotten wars and the crises that go on not only in Africa but in countries like Syria, in Yemen, in Afghanistan, 
and, and, and Haiti. These are just a few that come to mind that are recalling of all of this forgotten suffering that goes on in our world and how much he implores us to not only pay attention, but to pray for these people. And, you know, the African media, you know, being a media guy myself, they've complained for a long time that they feel marginalized, yeah. that they can't even get attention. This is an example. They cannot even get attention when there are horrific massacres like this, much less attention for some of their everyday battles, right? So we, as Catholics, um, we should call upon the Lord to, to help us to, to really, and you know, everyone's got so many problems, right? Like we all, we all even individually in our day-to-day -day lives, we have time. But it doesn't mean at the end of the night, you can't take some time and pray. And prayer, brother, as you know, is so powerful. And not only for what happened in Uvalde, yeah. and, and it, it, it sickens me, honestly, as a man of faith, when I'm looking at Twitter and, and people are, angrily lashing out at Christians and at Catholics for us saying, hey, you know, pray. We, we need to pray during this time. And they're saying things like, prayer aren't going to help those kids. Prayer aren't going to help the situation. Guess what? Actually, it will on both of those counts. It, our faith tells us that, that it does. So if you can do nothing else but to support and to speak out and to be aware of these things and to make them... Um, so that you don't fall to the indifference as well for the rest of the world. Just yeah. be present to it. You know, go on social media. You want to talk about like, this is one of the good things of social media. Go on Twitter and look up the Nigeria church attack and look at some of the horrific videos and pictures and the stories pictures, yes. and stories. stories that are coming out of there. We're not seeing them on mainstream media. Who cares, man? Be aware of them and do whatever you can in your world to try to change that, even within your own family. Uh, you know, to influence your children to make better decisions and so forth. That's the things that we can control. Mm -hmm. um, we can make this a better world and Definitely. we can vote and make a difference. We're seeing a world once again where these weapons of mass slaughters, you know, the, the, the guns, the rifles, etc., are we're losing so many good people to, to these instances, to these, um, and there's just too much political clout and money driving. And, and and here's an example, by the way, it's good to point out, this didn't happen in America this time. Yeah, well, that's a good point. The point that you brought up, that's interesting because, well, before I want to say, if you guys want to check out some of the numbers, there's many different websites. One of them was opendoorsusa.org. If you go to that website, it shows you a bunch of different statistics on persecuted Christians or persecuted church stats. And that's where I got some of these numbers from these horrific one in six, uh, one out of three, like all these churches in every year. And this was only from 2017 to 18, that number about, uh, 245 million Christians bearing some level of persecution, not killed. Not all of them were killed, but some level either robbed, either assaulted, sexually assaulted, and then some killed too, obviously, but, uh, open doors, USA.org. Um, but the point that you brought up is interesting because you said something. And I remember when I thought this, I said this to one of my uncles. And I, when I said it, I felt I had to do a prelude. Like a, I feel weird saying this because it, it might, to some people who don't know me, it might sound like I'm Extreme? indifferent. No, oh, it might okay. sound like I'm indifferent or like I'm saying like, oh, it doesn't matter. And that's not what I'm saying. But I remember um, talking about the Uvalde. A mass shooting. Yeah. Nigeria recently at Pentecost Sunday, a mass shooting. Mm -hmm. And I said, in America, we've gotten so comfortable. We almost defeated sickness and death so much yeah. that when something like this happens, it, it is a tragedy. Again, I'm not saying it is. But in other countries, this happens a lot. Yeah, that's true. And it's a similar, remember I talked about how there's a profile for the people here. It's similar in other countries because mm. in here you see the stats like recently in Uvalde Killer, uh, he would kill animals. I mean, that's like a literally red flag. Hi, I'm a red flag. That's a big <laughs> one, right? Killing animals. What, but in other countries, you have child soldiers. Mm. Horrific. You have people in the Somalia, in the Middle East, in Iraq, in Afghanistan. These little kids are being trained to kill that's crazy. people. That's so crazy. it's very, yes, it's slightly different. There's not so much nihilism from mm -hmm. godlessness, mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. It's a different type of nihilism. It's the nihilism of the earth versus I find it here, the nihilism of, oh, nothing matters. There is no God. The other side, there is, but they're using the extreme. They've been from birth, been teaching to kill people as little kids. So instead of animals, it's humans. So much hatred. But they're very similar. Yeah. If you look at the profile and even the fathers, a lot of the, a lot of the uh, kid soldiers, they're kidnapped from their families. So they don't have their fathers. And the fathers that are there, they're in the corruption. They're in the warlord. There's so many warlords, corruption, violence. We don't have those warlord people. We don't have right. child soldiers. Yeah. We don't have some of the problems that other countries do, but we have different ones. But it's still, the devil still finds a way to manifest those problems. Yes. He finds, just like Jeff Goblin, ah, 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 you always find a way. It's always a way. <laughs> he finds a way that disgusting Satan finds a way to use what you got and he works with it just like god works with what you got to elevate you to sainthood devil does the same thing so it's very similar but again here it happens because we're like it's not supposed to happen other countries that's normal sadly yes sadly Sadly. yeah you're right In, in this particular instance as i've been reading about it since you told me and thank you for telling me uh and waking me up from the again just blindness to something like this unless it's covered on the news or you see it tweeting you know trending on twitter it seems like we don't really call attention to it but this was a huge church saint francis catholic church in this little southwestern town in nigeria Mm -hmm. uh called owo owo and apparently and this is a beautiful thing to think about 1200 people can fit in this church and they were all there there was 1200 people and then comes this attack where people who were witnesses say, you know, the, the gunmen couldn't, couldn't miss. They were hitting every time they shot. And they were running out, and some people, they were waiting. The gunmen were waiting while people would run out to pick them off. Wow. That's crazy. That's even sadder, man. Yeah. At, the end of the, at the end of it, you know, 50 bodies, some of them children, were, were just strewn across the, 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 the whole place. But, yeah, 1,200 people, mm-hmm. uh, a half an hour or so, 30 minutes is what the attack took. And so Horrific. many people. One, one of the ministers who was there, I think he was a bishop from the community, hid in the sacristy. And yes. that was the only reason why he didn't, he didn't pay with his life. But he says, I, I don't think the shock of what I saw will leave me for the rest of my life. Mm. And you'll be shocked, too, if you go look for some of these images. And you know what? If that's what it's going to take for you to get upset and for you to really... For this to hit home for you, go do that. Yep. We invite you to do that. Do not be blind to this. Be aware of it. And remember that these are attacks against Christians happening yep. in today's world, 2022. Not, not biblical times. Not biblical times, not during the great Roman Empire. Nope. You know, And that's an interesting talking point, which I always share with people. When Jesus Christ died, we had 300 years of the Roman Empire yep. that still went on. 300 years. That's now, crazy. that's way longer than our country's been around. Oh, right? yeah. Our own U.S. of A. has not been around 300 years. That's how much longer that the Christians, those people who had found Jesus and had found his truths and were continuing to grow our faith in the catacombs under, the, under Rome, in private homes, praying mass, bringing blood and wine uh, in, and, and our, 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 our father's uh, bread to offer each other uh, to grow their faith in the shadows of the Roman Empire. And of course, now today, we can look back and we can say, yeah, the, the church survived, not only that, but now the church is actually the, the leading power in Rome, which yeah. is you know God's <laughs> yeah. way. Well, it's a and it's a beautiful thing, but it, it puts into perspective how slowly things change and how powerful our faith is. Um, you just have to remember that it's all in God's time. But it doesn't mean that we have to forget these bandits in Nigeria that invaded this Catholic church, uh, these Christian people that were all attacked and lost their lives in this bloody, bloody legacy that's been established. Yeah, man. Yeah. Let's close up on this. I want to say that this is happening in the Middle East. This is happening in Africa. This is happening in other little pockets, to a lesser extent, Europe and America. Lesser extent, yes. But we are getting persecuted in other ways, and that would be another talk. But prayer does work. Prayer does work because when people say that, they don't understand what prayer means. They don't get, they think prayer means like, 
you have to understand, like when you look at theologically what prayer is, it's not God's not a, a cosmic gumball machine. You put a little corner, yes. boom, pop it in there. Oh, I get my my nice gift of prayer. No, no, no. Prayer is to be in communion with God, to raise your mind to God. So when this tragedy happens, it's like, what do you do? First, always pray. That doesn't mean just pray and don't do nothing. No, no. But pray. That pray puts you in your mindset to God, it puts your thoughts, raises them to God. It puts you in communion with God, thoughts, and that inspires you to do what God may need you to do. Even if it's just in your own circle, Even it's, it's remember in your that. Own circle. What yes. can you do, right? You so make a difference work. voting. You make a difference praying. You make a difference yes. in the way that you raise your children. Yes. You make a difference in, because look, before we leave here, I saw a very interesting graphic on social media that, that was a big circle, and it had all these different points around the circle. There's the mass shooting at the top. And then we go from the mass shooting when it occurs to media extravaganza, this blowout on the media about what just happened. Then after that, we go to the thoughts and prayers mode. Everyone's all our thoughts and prayers are with the victims of whoever. Then we go into a debate, usually social media, people going back and forth about debates, right, about the guns. Yeah. Then nothing actually ever happens, at least not so far, not really. And then it's back to normal. And then right after that, we go back to the top of the circle, another mass shooting. Let's disrupt that. Let's make sure that we can start disrupting that. Let's not only do our thoughts and prayers, but actually take action as Christians, as Catholics, and do what we have to do. Show up, be vocal, vote, if nothing else, right? Uh, so that you can't say that this time in that circle, nothing ever happens. Let's break that. Yeah, definitely. Wow, what a great episode, Faith, Reason, and Geekdom. <sighs> Man, we had some fun, geeked out on Obi-Wan, great series. Talked about a little bit about an NBA. Hopefully, we'll have another good season. And we talked about this prayer, like Dusty was saying. Yeah, man, just do it. Make make a difference. And you can. Anything we do, it affects reality. It affects the world. Praise to yeah. our Heavenly Father, mm -hmm. to our Lord Jesus Christ, who gives us strength. And you know, given the subject matter, I think maybe we should say a little prayer to St. Michael, the yeah, Archangel. Yeah, I was hoping you would say this. <laughs> All right, St. Michael, the Archangel, defend, defend us, us in battle. battle. Be our protection against, against the wickedness and snares of the devil. devil. May God, God rebuke him, we humbly, humbly pray. pray. And do, do thou, O Prince, Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl throughout the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. And in the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, God Amen. be with you guys. God bless. Thank you.